A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. center of the galaxy this is the force center podcast feed and this episode is one of our deep dives our bakta tanks of talk maybe a bakta swimming pool for the backyard during this hot summer i'm excited to slosh around in the pool of fun as we discuss lightsaber fights i'm joseph scribbershaw i'm ken napsock this has been so fun and we're only about to begin our second episode but even just watching uh, watching the lightsaber fights a little closer. And I, I think, Joseph, we want to thank all the fans who've been uh, really excited about the series and a lot of people tuning in and responding. I think these fights just go straight to our Star Wars kid heart. Uh, these lightsaber fights are, are everything to, to Star Wars in a lot of ways. So, you know, the first time you see a laser sword ignite, we're, uh, <laughs> we're tapping into that. 
they really do ignite uh, for me, and I'm sure so many fans, like the original love of this weird space uh, fantasy franchise. And then also, uh, it's so fun to look at them for the the depth, the thrill, and the depth. Uh, Brian Ward made the wonderful art that we're using uh, for these shows. And I looked at that art and was like, this looks really exciting. I'd like to talk about that. Oh, yeah, that's what the art exists for. So <laughs> excited to get talking about lightsabers. But before we get into it, we want to let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. This episode, we are recommending the new book, Shadow of the Sith. Uh, I have not been uh, able to get into this yet. I have been looking at the cover, that beautiful picture of Luke Skywalker and Lando Calrissian and getting excited to dive in. You have uh, cracked this one open, Ken, haven't you? Yeah, I'm still about halfway through just because life got busy. And, and we, we know at Force Center we're, we're going to read these at a different pace and other other channels. Alex Damon read his three years ago. Uh, <laughs> book deal not even, hadn't been signed with Adam Christopher. Uh, no, we joke about that, of course. But we, we love uh, taking our time and life just kind of dictate, dictates that. But I, I've been like halfway through. But there's some things, especially early on, where I'm just like, I can't wait till Joseph reads this to discuss it. <laughs> and But I'm not even – and I feel even that's kind of uh, – you know, not a spoiler, but even that's kind of dangling something over your head. Like, Ooh. that's unfair. Um, you know, but uh, it's it's been great so far. And it seems like, you know, Adam Christopher's just out and about, uh, you know, doing the book press for it. But him, like Mike Chen before, E.K. Johnston before, just people who just really love Star Wars and are moved by it. And I love when authors get the chance to uh, just really th- throw their love into the page. And it's there. And, and, and we can't wait to discuss it. So out, th- out there listening, you get your audio book and catch up with us. Excellent. I can't wait to get into it. And if you want to give it a listen, you can download a free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash four center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash four center for a free audiobook. All right, we are going to dive into the magic of lightsaber fights part two. Uh, we are trying to divide up uh, this series so that we have uh, enough elbow room to talk about all these uh, big fights without rushing through them too much. Uh, The last episode, our first episode, we talked kind of overview about the magic of lightsaber fights, the thrill of them and the core themes of Star Wars. Uh, But then we also did a little bit of a deep dive into the original lightsaber fight for the big screen, the conflict between Kenobi and Vader in A New Hope. The one that started it all is also now the most recent lightsaber fight on our mind as well from the Obi-Wan Kenobi television show. But we are going to continue our journey this episode. We're going to discuss the big lightsaber fights of Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. As always, uh, we want to be aware that we are discussing these uh, from our own personal perspective. Ken and I grew up with the original trilogy, so we're still in that era of these were our formative fights (laughs) where we (laughs) became the fans and people we are today. So that does, uh, you know, that colors the way we discuss them and the way we think about them, right? Absolutely. Uh, there's so many wonderful Star Wars fights and lightsabers, but, uh, and, and uh, so many, oh, I said that backwards, so many lightsaber fights in Star Wars. I'm so excited to talk about it. I feel like <laughs> I'm seven again, Joseph. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, we always want to take into account everyone's perspectives, experiences, and all the many fights that followed. But yeah, these three from these, um, these movies, they're, 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 they're everything to me because I can't tell you how many times on the playground I was acting out every move I could with these. Exactly, exactly. So we are going to start in the first half of the podcast by discussing Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader in The Empire Strikes Back. 
Ken, what are your current feelings on this fight and have they changed over the years from those days Mm -hmm. where you were acting it out on the playground? Very much changed. I did not act this one out on the playground a lot. Uh, Did not. Um, And I'm I'm really, for this particular episode, trying to go back and and maybe deal with myself on that, right? Confront my past, uh, but also see what was in there for me. And and look, it's just kind of a simple answer. We're going to be talking in the second half of the show, a fight that is uh, one of more apparent victory to a seven-year-old, right? Uh, (laughs) Ends with Ewoks dancing. This one does not end with Ewoks dancing. And I... (laughs) I've never pictured how Ewoks might react to this fight. And now I'm just uh, picturing Chirpa, you know, shedding a single tear at Luke's defeat. And I think even as I got uh, older, and even when I was uh, going to like uh, college and and studying screenwriting and filmmaking and all those kind of things, uh, which all led me back to a radio career, mind you, um, I think this fight felt, um, don't don't get me wrong here, it felt muted in terms of, of of colors, uh, the palette, uh, it's definitely darker and it's just all around depressing. Right. And even where you and I have discussed off air where like you and Mark Riley, um, friend of the show love, not just like Bespin Luke, but like a lot of Luke's outfits, Dagobah and beyond, right. That it was, I know it's like two or three, but like, and I never gravitated towards those. Right. And of course mm-hmm. you love Mark loves everyone loves, you know, black, dark clothes, yeah. Luke and the green lightsaber and the glove. Uh, of course. But I, I think I, 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 spent, I spent a lot of years overlooking looking them only because I think of what the fight is doing. So it's very much changed, not just because I've gotten older, but because of how we look at it and what's there now. Even just this morning, rewatching Empire Strikes Back and watching the fight and knowing I'm looking, trying to study every move, every line, every, every, everything said, it does have more of an impact for me now. I wish maybe I could have gone back and I'm talking to my <laughs> early 20s and paid a little bit more attention. I've always loved the fight. It's always awesome. It's always got the great reveal. It's so much such a part of Star Wars. But uh, yeah, I, I always gravitated towards uh, Ewoks dancing at the end of fights. <laughs> right. So you feel like you were held back more on the it's a this is a bummer. Why do I want to watch this bummer? Why do I want uh, to watch uh, Luke's dad uh, mm-hmm. hand his posterior to him? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. This is amazing because this is this is really we talk about like differences of perspective uh, on like a generational level. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is differences of perspective by like uh, one and a half to two years of birth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because you saw Return of the Jedi first, as we, as we talk about mm-hmm. often. Yeah. Um, I, I have, uh, you know, dreamlike memories of seeing A New Hope, but I have clear memories of seeing Empire Strikes Back. I saw it on my birthday on August 17th, and I got to see it again on my brother's birthday on November 2nd. And yeah. in between, my entire life uh, was action figures and trading cards and storybooks. And I just, the Empire Strikes Back seeped into my very being. Mm. Uh, and then I had, I was cognizant in between Empire and Return of the Jedi to, to think about how, how would Return of the Jedi build on Empire Strikes Back? And that difference of perspective, I think, uh, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's more to it than that, but that that's where I start with. Um, I think we're flipped on this of, I have always loved the Empire fight. Uh, in the Return of the Jedi fight, there's a ton that I love about the story, about the meaning, but the actual fight, the thrill, the clashing of blades, it's taken me a little while to go like, all right, that's cool. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. talk more about re- the Return of the Jedi battle, but th- there's definitely that, that tension going on between the different uh, fights and our different expectations based on, you know, uh, age and what order you see them in. 
And, and I think that's the way it might always be, right? I mean, uh, the way it kind of works. But it's interesting. Uh, it is spoiler for the second half of the show. Wait till we get to frills and does things stand up and, and how I looked at the Jedi fight a little different this time than I mm. think I have in the past. Mm. Um, nothing takes away my love of it. Uh, absolutely. But yeah, there's something about this fight that uh, rings. I don't know. It just rings a little different now than it did in the past couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that makes perfect sense. So uh, trying to focus back in on the old Bespin fight here. Uh, Look, I, I'm, I will be thoughtful and analytical, but this is also a podcast where we, we share our truths and our, our pure beating hearts as Star Wars. I love this. <laughs> I have a massive bias. It is the lightsaber fight for me. I'm not arguing yeah. that it should be for everyone or it is. It is yeah. for me. It is the foundation. It is the template. Uh, it is a mix of such cool action beats just like actual interesting awesome things with lightsabers and with the force and this unique kind of combat that can happen in star wars it the a new hope was like the little like oh uh, let, let's kind of peek through the curtain a little bit about about what this could be and then the curtain is blown away and there's majesty behind it it's this mm. lightsaber fight absolutely cool thrill and then one of the most impactful uh, stories within a lightsaber fight right one of the most famous moments in cinema is, is a result of uh this lightsaber fight so the emotional stakes are so high as well as the the cool moves and then the other thing about it that i think kind of created a bias for me is like lightsaber fights should travel <laughs> mm. and they should travel across unique scenery that is uh, that emotionally evokes what is going on in the fight uh these are not words that I used as a child, uh, but I realized that that is part of what was what was seeping in and, and speaking to me. So I start from a place of loving it. I've never stopped loving it. And it feels like almost every year this fight, uh, along with many other parts of Star Wars, gets, you know, so much uh, uh, richer. Um, mm. Vader's line of release your anger, only your hatred can destroy me, which is, you know, a line I've always liked, but a line I lost a trivia contest on. Um, but it, you know, it pops when I have so much more respect for the fact that that's Vader's perspective, that only hatred can destroy him. And in the truth, uh, it, it is Luke's mercy, uh, that is what, uh, helps, uh, Anakin conquer Vader. And mm -hmm. then to have such a new story like the Obi-Wan Kenobi television show, make that line even richer when you have that flashback of young Anakin saying mercy doesn't defeat anyone and he kind of yeah. hasn't changed and he's wrong both times. It all, uh, it, it all evolves. Um, a big evolution that I want to talk about right at the top, uh, because I think it will play out throughout our discussion, this episode of growing up with these movies, uh, we projected onto Luke. Uh, you know, I know you projected on mm. to Han a little bit more, but you know, yeah. The, that was the current generation is, uh, of heroes and Vader's the bad guy, right? And it's been true since the prequels, but even more uh, as there's more Vader storytelling, it's so different to watch this and I'm watching it from Luke's perspective and from Vader's. Yes. And when I watched it this morning, uh, you know, like I've had, you know, years and years and years of I watch it feeling Luke's shock and pain uh, and denial. Uh, and this time I'm watching it going like, Oh, how does this feel for Anakin Vader to finally say it? <laughs> mm. To go from, you know, telling Padme this is a blessing to finding out and being tortured to I get to finally tell him, I get to finally reach mm -hmm. out and connect. 
not in a good or healthy way, but I get to finally reach out and connect with my child and to really watch it from mm -hmm. Vader's perspective is powerful too. Uh, that is an amazing point. And I think I've been feeling that more and more as the Star Wars story has expanded in, in this modern era, including especially the Kenobi series, man. Kenobi series uh, is another podcast for us to discuss things on, but it has just brought new energy for me, an old dog, watching the same old movies again. It's brought new energy to those three films for me. And a lot of it is what you're talking about here. I think more than ever now, I cannot, again, not you're not seeing things from his, his side, but you are definitely experiencing it with the, the, the journey both combatants, combatants are going through versus you're right. He was scary, cape-wearing guy that I kind of secretly loved, right? Mm -hmm. All the Vader toys. But it was a, it's a different feel now. And I, I, I'm finding myself even more rewarded for, for digging in on that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's always been there that, wow, he's more complex. There's more going on than you expected. I think that was a big part of the the intent and the shock in 1980. Uh, but it is just amazing how much more powerful it grows over the years with the additional storytelling for me. So mm -hmm. let's dive into the the fight uh, for the characters. Uh, what's at stake? Why are they fighting? Uh, what is victory for both of them? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, maybe my coffee was a little strong this morning. I don't know. I was thinking about this, like, what's truly at stake? And I was like, is it, is it this idea of the truth? And what truth do you want to believe? What truth do you want to face? And what, what steps do you want to take with all that in mind, the truth in mind? And I think it's, I, and, and you kind of touched upon it. I think it's really important. It's a big moment that Vader is acknowledging him as his son. And that's dangerously close to saying, yep, my name is Anakin and I'm a person. Like it's mm -hmm. crazy to kind of factor that in now. And, and, uh, and how it's just, I don't know, the action of choice is also at stakes, particularly for Luke. Uh, once this is kind of presented with him and, 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 um, you know, can Vader selling the old lie? You can't do anything but join me or die. Mm -hmm. Like that's all. That's your options. Sorry, there you go. And 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 so in the end, it's like what's it, they're both facing themselves here in this battle for me. That's oh. where I start. Yeah, no, absolutely. I do. I do really think that it is. It is truth that's at stake. The thing that I have come to really appreciate as an adult is that this is a total uh, misunderstanding from Luke of what the fight is about. Um, oh yeah. Often in fights, the characters have different perspectives. I think we talked about that in uh, A New Hope, where Kenobi's going into it with the really like, uh, I just want to keep him busy. I can't lose because I'm I'm ready to to move on and become one with the Force. And, and Vader's just on his, <laughs> he's on his old business of I'm going to prove I'm the master. But here is even richer, I think, you know, because mm -hmm. Luke is uh got this almost great meta perspective like star wars comes out in 1977 and it's a, a breath of fresh air uh the good guys are mostly wearing white the you know the the bad guys are dark or you know the militaristic stormtrooper and you even got stars like alec guinness coming out going like it's a simple story of good versus evil we've had you know years of moral complexity in cinema and all that um and it, it's almost like luke is like yep it is. I'm the good guy. He's the bad guy. Uh, I need to to stop the bad guy. And it's a misunderstanding of what the truth is, but it's also a misunderstanding of what a Jedi is, right? And it's, uh, I think it's really powerful that for Luke, his story is just beat the bad guy, win the war, avenge his father, avenge Kenobi, free his friends, uh, and prove himself. Prove what he said to Yoda. I'm not afraid. He thinks that's all it is, is just don't be afraid, <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, and then I think for Vader, he knows the truth. He knows the nuances. And I think for him, it, it's all about capturing his son and mm. 
that that's his stated goal. But I think that what he gets to kind of hide and fold into that is the longer he can keep his son alive, there's that possibility of connection, you know, and he's mm-hmm. lying to himself about it. Right. He's like, uh, no, I'm I, the, the dark side is stronger. I believe that I'm going to capture him and I'm going to bring him to the emperor or mm-hmm. I'm going to talk him into overthrowing mm-hmm. the emperor. But either way for Vader is like, I beat him, which I know I'm going to do. Uh, yeah. I beat him, but I beat him in a way that keeps him alive. Either he joins me and we do it. We do the whole rule of two thing and I get rid of Palpatine or I bring him to Palpatine and he lives a little bit longer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Sorry. I, I got nerd <laughs> chills. I got those nerd chills and they're multiplying. It's electrifying. Look, uh, you know, the, I, you know, going to the idea of victory for Luke, I put like um, quotation marks around confronting Vader, right? Killing him perhaps in the name of rescuing his friends and saving the day. And he wants to be a hero. This is what great warriors do. So I'm like, Luke doesn't understand what victory is here. <laughs> he just doesn't. And, and that again, goes to the wonderful conversations and lessons that he uh, you know, wasn't quite listening to on Dagobah. And well, he'll get there. So that's a fascinating thing. But the Vader thing, that is one of my favorite Star Wars. What ifs Yeah, uh, of this idea of like, yeah, his, his you know, goal, bring him in. Uh, and I think obviously clearly a lot going on in his head, but it's still, I think he's still like, well, you know, again, his line all too easy. That, this is, this is what he wants. Freeze him, load the prize up get on the ship and go, but does he go directly back to the emperor? Does he do that? I don't think my head cannon is nope, nope, nope. He takes him, thaws him out. Here, here's a cup of calf. Sit down. I got some <laughs> things to tell you. I got to tell this kid the truth. Like you said, he knows it. He's uh, confronting it. Vader is acknowledging it to himself. That plan's been hatched. So I mean, I get really uh, excited by that idea of uh, what we will never see of, uh, you know, uh, him running off to go, you know, here, here's the plan because I think his victory condition was uh, get him away from all this and turn him. I, I just think yep. to what end. And then if he has to kill him, he has to kill him. Uh, his obsession has moved from Kenobi to Luke. And, and this is the big push forward. I, I really love that part of the fight. Yeah, no, I love this. What if I can see that in my mind of, of the, of Luke in carbonite in some, uh, you know, horrible pose and Vader just staring. And then mm-hmm. he lifts, he lifts his finger and, you know, Luke starts to melt. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he gives him the old, uh, the old talk. It's not a gender reveal part party. It's a parental reveal party uh, <laughs> that he wants to throw for Luke. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating for, for this fascinating dynamic because Luke has, like I was saying, this black and white, I am the good guy. He is the bad guy. I will mm. defeat my fear and I will beat him and everything will be great. I'll be a great warrior. There'll be a parade. Uh, and for Vader, it is. Uh, he knows more, but I think he's still lying to himself. I think he wants to keep Luke yeah. alive, but he can only do it in this way of like, uh, I'm, I'm not Anakin. I'm not admitting to connection. Uh, my son is a tool to yes. overthrow Palpatine and, you know, keep, yeah. keep moving with the dark side. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I yeah, I've, I now often wonder, you know, it's like, I, I can't help but see Anakin's face. Like I said, I can't help but see Hayden back there, you know, um, mm-hmm. of just some of those moments where he's looking at him. Um, and, and just, you know, the war going on inside him. Yeah, absolutely there. But I think you're right. I think on the surface, it's cut and dry. Yep, yep, yep. Got this plan. It's all, it's all good. It's a tool. I, I love, I love what you're saying about Luke being this tool though. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'll talk more about this when we, we talk about the sort of lightsaber fighting style and all that, but on the kind of, what does it mean? What's at stake? What is victory for them theme? I was really struck trying to see this uh, fight with fresh eyes after all these years of part of it's just the uh, lightsaber choreography and the style of of sword fighting that they were using, 
but there's a lot in this fight where Luke is really fighting like his dad, right? These are mm-hmm, mm-hmm. big, heavy, aggressive swings. The goals at, at, at a lot of points in the fight looks like it's just about battering your opponent's defenses. Like some of the strikes are like, yeah, that's a strike at a at a limb or a or head. But sometimes it's just like I'm bashing away your defenses and knocking you down. Uh, that it is really this aggressive type. Luke's fighting like like the way Anakin is fighting Obi Wan in their sparring match. You know, mm-hmm. I really agree with that. And and, and you know, um, looking at Vader, kind of start the fight more like one handed. I got this kind of vibe that switches up a little bit, a little bit mm-hmm. of a lot of it. Yeah, and, um, focusing on on Luke, you know, pushing the boundaries of aggression, pushing uh, the va- the boundaries of anger, but also just to fight that fear. And this is the way to do it. And yeah, I, I really like that. Analysis connecting. Oh, it's almost like Anakin's in there going, "All right, all right, I got you. You got a little me and me uh, and you. Like it's good. All right, yeah, cool. it, yeah. It really is what you got, son. Oh, yeah. okay, all okay. right. Impressive. But I think it really it 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 all it it uh, boils into Luke is looking at it in this very. He's looking at this battle in an aggressive way, thinking that is yeah. heroic, right? Right. And I think underneath there is this buried danger that he is dancing with vengeance, right? Because this is the guy who killed his dad. This is the mm-hmm. guy who killed Kenobi. This is the guy who tortured uh, Leia and tortured Han and has put the everything that he has suffered. He and his friends have suffered in the rebellion. Every this is this is the guy who killed Biggs, right? Um, yeah. That he that Luke thinks I am the good guy defeating the bad guy but he is dancing with vengeance there when yeah. uh when luke is beaten and vader says don't let yourself be destroyed as obi-wan did i've always liked that look on his face and that kind of furious battering back and it really struck me this time of like yeah luke luke's uh, he is dancing with is he doing this for vengeance yeah and again conflating the two right this is what mm-hmm. a hero would do this is why i'm running off and how dare those uh, friends of mine on that swamp planet tell me no yeah 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 and, <laughs> and and again one of those things in star wars i think is uh is designed to be a little complicated and what would you do in this situation a lot of it is disguised as the right choice uh but it isn't when you dig down into it and i think that does kind of show up in the moves yeah, absolutely. So let's get into the environment. We love talking about how the environment of the lightsaber fight helps tell the story or just adds to the thrill factor. That was awesome. Great uh, action adventure. Uh, Ken, where do you go? Because you said that you've kind of gone on a journey with this where uh, at some points in your life, you weren't as sure about the environment. Mm-hmm. So I'm so mm-hmm. curious to hear about your journey and what you think now. Oh, man, pour another cup of coffee. Um <laughs> Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, here, you you touched on something earlier that it's uh, it was really it's it's fascinating to me. This idea of uh, a, f- a lightsaber fight should, and I'm putting quotation marks around should. No one's demanding anything here, but should move right and should have uh, up, up 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 on top, down below, here, this and that, and and uh, you know, I think of the Phantom Menace fight, which might be mm-hmm. on. I uh, can't wait to discuss that. We'll jump ahead of the Jedi fight, a little different vibe for me now, but there's something that that grabs me more um, than it ever has before. And I think it was just because, again, going back for me as, as a youngster, it's like the Jedi scene is dark too, mm-hmm. but you got to, you know, everyone looks cool. They're dressed in black. Oh, they got green lights. This is, this is a <laughs> facility, right? This is, they're in the, they're in the catacombs. They're in the hallways of the mall. They're fighting. And so <laughs> it, it looks a little different. It, it, it feels, uh, it felt different to me growing up. And now it's just got this, um, I love that you said the moving thing that it's, so it's almost, it's got like three acts to the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way other fights maybe don't. And, and, and it's very much this belly of the beast vibe. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, it's a little more 
go with me here. It's a little more sci-fi than fantasy in a great way. And I think I was, I don't know, maybe scared. Maybe it was a little scary to me in my, in, in my childhood. I was just a little scary cat kid because I, I think I wanted Luke to run away. And when that, you know, that door slammed shut on R2, it was always like, but you're, you're buddy, you're doing this alone. <laughs> Which is the point because I think that this entire environment adds to the, this feeling of isolation of Luke truly being alone, truly trapped. Leia's yelling, it's a trap, it's a trap. As, you know, as uh, Jeremy Bullock pulls her away. And, and, and it's the opposite of the twin sons moment that, you know, where he's just dreaming out. I'm, I'd love, there's a life out there for me. I want to go on adventures. And this is like your venture is you are trapped in a f- carbonite freezing <laughs> facility and ain't no help coming. And I think that was, uh, it's so effective, but might've as a kid, I just didn't want to deal with the, the, sh- the, the monster in the shadows. Oh yeah. No, that makes it, that makes a ton of sense. And I love you connecting it to the twin sons moment of like, I'm dreaming of adventure. Here's real adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, isolated from your droid, confused in darkness. Uh, the only thing you know for sure is that a blaster ain't going to help you. I, one of my favorite shots is that brief look at the blaster. Like this is pointless now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, in, in trying to prepare himself uh, for what he's going to face. No, I, I, I really think you're on the money. And I think that there's some stuff that you can, that, that a viewer can kind of intuit and feel in their gut and, and then, you mm. know, get to a point of, if you want to kind of verbalizing it. Um, mm. I've said before the actual, just, aesthetic of where the fight begins the carbon freezing chamber itself that is like stamped into my soul i mm-hmm. think i can track lots of uh preferences for <laughs> uh shapes and colors and designs of what i just think is aesthetically cool to that um the the dark blue with the uh bright lurid orange uh, those are the there's the three sets of mm-hmm. complementary colors that uh, go well together but if you put them right next to each other they cause visual friction um, and it's what uh, the the color schemes that are used a lot in uh, pulp uh, covers. Uh, when you use the term pulpy, part of it is the actual visual uh, aesthetic, and it's used on the posters of adventure serials. You have purple and yellow. You have uh, green and red, careful not to evoke Christmas, and you have blue and orange because they pop and they fight. <laughs> yeah. So you have that that blue and that orange creating this sort of dark, lurid, bright, but also mysterious. And then they just like uh, they apparently ordered every smoke machine that they could possibly get <laughs> from the entire United Kingdom. Yeah. And it just it, it looks like Vader setting them off by his presence. So that yeah. the the lurid, smoky, it's cool, it's exciting. It, it, and it invites you in, but it invites you into a nightmare, right? With yeah. Vader standing up there, nothing moving but the smoke. It is Luke stepping into the belly of the beast of like, I thought this would be adventure. Hooray. Mm. I do something cool. And then I high five with my buddies. <laughs> and like, uh, no, this is utterly terrifying. It starts there. And then everything else that happens in the environment is moving through the unknown, the unclear. Uh, it is yeah. falling into pits. It is wandering through unknown tunnels, ultimately leading to um, no choice but to uh, uh, I- admit <laughs> that you have no idea where you are, what you're doing, and, and let go from a high place. It, mm-hmm. You know, the fact that physically it moves through, through this place of uh, nightmarish to more and more kind of uh, falling into depths, uh, mm-hmm confusion constricted till you have literally nowhere left to go it's such a great uh physical acting out of what is going on with luke 
And I love what you're saying. Like, I think that it's really evoking some fantasy stuff in the carbon freezing chamber of like deep. Mm-hmm. That that's like that's a like cave from Brothers Grimm, the carbon freezing chamber. Yeah. But as he falls through those more sort of u- utilitarian tunnels, there there is a lot of just like, what are all those cool buttons for? What yeah. do they do in this plant? In this space plant? Yeah. Yeah, and just and, and look, and this is a, probably one of the best times to to shout out anyone who had a hand in designing this from stages the the, the look of it. Even even again, going to Luke's outfit, we can t- we can do a whole episode on on me and of Luke's outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, Kirshner directing it, Peter Shashetsky, uh shooting the hell out of this movie. Right, mm-hmm. I remember reading an article a long time ago about this. Yes, he got Gil uh, uh, Taylor and, and and how New Hope kind of established the, the tones and just how the world looks. But how you even shoot Vader comes from this movie and how, mm. he, how he looks on film. And, and I think and, and then even Paul Hirsch with the editing, all of it coming together and what and, and to, to tell that story to talk about it and to just continue falling down to, 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 to I think to go back. I was a kid. I was I don't like falling. Right. Heights. I'm OK with. I literally have those nightmares of falling. I'm one of those folks. Luke's hanging on a weather vane. Yeah, like it was hard for me to to watch. Yeah, in the in the even Luke's victories in this space turn into more confusion, right? Like as a mm-hmm. kid, I really uh, clung to the moments where Luke was was having a, a, a bit of a victory. Like every time I watched this, I, I would go through kind of the the Shakespearean tragedy of like, oh, Luke's almost got him. Oh, he did get that one shot in. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes, yes. Like maybe it could turn out different but like even when he knocks him from the carbon freezing chamber then it becomes a oh cool i Mm. i I got one up on him oh whoops now i don't know where the monster is yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't know if he's under the bed or in the closet great Mm -hmm. i love that little moment where he's just kind of confused and looking for him yeah i'll tell you what sorry as a kid uh, and actually not as a kid well i still feel like a kid um I still, I only recently, and yes, there's a ton of maps and books and cutaways and cross sections. I only recently really kind of grasped what the actual layout was, right? Mm. It was kind of like, I remember as a kid going, he falls out of that window, gets pushed out of it. And where does he go? And like now, you know, and as I get it, he's right below the walkway. Yeah, duh, it's right there. But, you know, it's just, it it was so just sprawling in its own wonderful way. that I think uh, it's it's different than almost any other fight because of it, because it, it adds to that. Yeah, and, and like there's kind of three main areas and they're all mm-hmm. iconic uh, for me. Uh, let's talk about the the realities of filmmaking. What do you think about when you watch this fight? Uh, in our previous episode, you know, we talked a lot about, well, this is the first lightsaber fight. All of, of 1977's Star Wars, not even A New Hope yet, was made, uh, you know, on a, on a dream and a- actual, you know, stomach anxiety, stress pain from Lucas. Uh, and it's amazing that it got done at all. But now we're going into this. What what do you think about when you watch like what in, went into the filmmaking of this fight? So interesting because I think this might ring true for Empire Strikes Back overall. Get me here, and we'll, we'll talk more in the second half. I think this fight stands up better than than the other original trilogy trilogy duels we talked about. Kenobi Vader last week, and some, some, it, it, it's more of a it's more of a fast moving fight than you re- might remember. But that mm-hmm. it is what it is. Uh, I'm a Return of the Jedi fight guy, clearly, but the the and I think it ties to just Empire Strikes Back, shot in the late '70s, released in '80, still looks more modern to me than Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Please don't kick me off the podcast. Um, you know what I mean? Like it just has. No, a, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, and and this fight more than ever, and, and I think for the fight itself, it might be the aggression you're talking about. 
because it feels so much more real, so raw. Some of my favorite things, you know, whether it's a sword fight or a lightsaber fight, I I, I wanted to have a little bit of, um, which is why I, 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 you know, had a little bit of a problem connecting with the Phantom Menace or any of the prequel fights early on. Now I see them way differently, of course, but like, you know, it's just, it's the old dance argument we're going to talk about again and again <laughs> and again. And this one just like, it is, and it is, and, 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 and I'm not... 10 years old pointing at the screen and saying, well, that aggression means this for Luke. Obviously it just, it just has a different feel. So when you watch it now, it does not seem out of place against anything made in these modern times to me. Yeah, no, I think that is a part of the magic of the, the care that was taken with Empire Strikes Back. Like I, I know, uh, you know, a ton of people return of the Jedi is their favorite uh, mm-hmm. Star Wars film or their favorite original uh, trilogy film. And, and I really love it, but I think it's a, I love it because of the the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it, 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 there are some things about the filmmaking that that don't feel as um, I don't know. Empire Strikes Back. I'm I'm biased now because I know the story where like yeah. <laughs> Irvin Kirshner is over there just running up the budget because like mm-hmm. I'm make everything perfect and I'm gonna work with everybody who's working on this film to make everything just next level emotional. And I just always feel that in the actual filmmaking. Just as moved by the story of Return of the Jedi, but when I think kind of getting into the filmmaking of the editing and uh, you mm-hmm. know the the camera angles and all that, yeah, I think I feel Empire Strikes Back more, and that's definitely there in this fight. Um, so I definitely think about that. I think about the angles uh, of the fight. I think about the lighting. I think about the way it's edited to kind of increase uh, Luke's fear. Mm-hmm. Um, but more than anything, when I watch it, I think about just like the amazing leap in technology and confidence and scale. It is not a baby step from the lightsaber fight in a new hope. It is this massive leap over 800 tall buildings. You know, the, the fight is bigger in emotion. Uh, It is, you know, bigger in the actual length uh, of the fight. And, you know, it reminds me of the same way that they, uh, that a lot of the creators and particularly the special effects people on all the various Empire Strikes Back specials talk about Hoth, right? Mm-hmm. They achieved this groundbreaking space battle in a new hope. And then they're all like, instead of just doing something like that again, let's show that we can do a battle just as cool, but without the benefit of the blackness of space, like mm-hmm. giving yourself that sort of almost unnecessary challenge <laughs> yeah, yeah. because you want to leap forward. The lightsaber fight feels like that to me too. It isn't like we figured out how to do it. Now we can do it. It's like, now let's really amp it up in every way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, gosh, yeah. It, it, it's, it's just the way, I mean, Kirshner, I, I still think, you know, it's, it, dare, dare say he's undervalued as the director of this film. I think, I don't know. Uh, no, everything, everything you're saying is resonating and it just, um, it, Return of the Jedi might be the lightsaber fight. I like watching more, but this is definitely a lightsaber fight. I like studying more. Got it. Got it. Very interesting. Yeah, I think the other thing for me that I keep in mind in the in the filmmaking now, trying to watch it from the perspective of this is, you know, one of the many uh, lightsaber fights that we're discussing that we're comparing, uh, you know, tons of Star Wars fans who, you know, experienced uh, that maybe experienced the prequel trilogies first or now even the sequel trilogy or or played a video game first and then came to the original trilogy and kind of seen it a little bit more from that perspective of this is just one of the many fights. Uh, one of the things I think about in the filmmaking is just being fascinated that there, there is a very different philosophy throughout the original trilogy that's really felt here about the style of lightsaber fighting. That there are there are definitely moments where 
uh, Vader or Luke uh, wield the blade with one hand. But there is this whole philosophy that these are like, you know, two handed, heavy, mm-hmm. long swords uh, uh, in that there's a there's a lot more weight to the blades and a lot more weight to the style in that um, there is no intent to be uh, flying and flipping with the speed yeah. that is happening in the prequels and watching it uh, like obviously that was the filmmaking intent at the time, but just kind of throwing yeah. it on the pile of lightsaber fights. Um, I know that's the real world reason because that's what well, was the decision at the time. And there, this was the second lightsaber fight. Yeah. Um, but looking at it among all the lightsaber fights, it really works for me that like that is this that's Vader style. Yeah. And that is what Luke is co- sort of leaning. That's what Luke is being trained uh, maybe to counter Vader's style. Uh, but there's just that connection between them of like, yeah, there, there are moments where this lightsaber fight is fast and they're a little glancing blows and feints but a lot of it is just that ramming one another's uh defenses and it really draws out that this is an aggressive fight and and i think it it adds to what you're talking about of um it really feels like at any moment somebody could lose a limb yeah yeah by the way as a kid man wasn't it the coolest the thing uh you know vader held it one-handed that meant something right like that was like me me and my friend johnny in the playground like vader is so strong he held it one-handed um that was big but i want to talk talk about the rallies of filmmaking too just um talk about that leap from new hope to this like this is almost the star destroyer flying over the top of your head moment for lightsaber fights Mm -hmm. like from now, like you called it a template, and again, uh, that's is our entry point into it, and so it's a little, a little bit different. I understand, but just yeah, going forward, even with filmmakers now, you're going to go to this one, and and this is the whoa. Just I can't, I can't imagine being in a theater in '77, and, and then going to a theater in '80, and, and going, oh, I hope there's another lightsaber fight, and then seeing this and going, well, that was different. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. no, I mean, A New Hope does a great job introducing you to the concept of lightsabers and the yeah. coolest thing ever. And, and we've talked and joked about if if A New Hope came out today, I think there'd be a lot of angry opinions about what Luke Skywalker gets his dad's lightsaber and then he plays with it twice and he doesn't even use it. Uh, but there is that, right? That's He's mm-hmm. not the big lightsaber fight. And then in Empire, if you're sitting there watching the film, you get the the moments, you get the wampa you get the taking down uh the um the the at at or the at at mm-hmm. uh you, you get the the cave you you get lots of lightsabers in luke's hands but then this is the moment where like the mm-hmm. promise of luke igniting it and playing with it in yeah, yeah. <laughs> kenobi's hut this is where the promise pays off and just explodes absolutely is mm. so let, let's uh let's talk about moments of thrill um uh, we'll talk about thrill and we'll talk about uh, moments of, uh, of character and banter, but let's start with the thrill. What are some of like the thrilling moments for you? Well, I was going to kind of roll them all together for my first one here. And, and I'm sure. Uh, we, feel free to do it. <laughs> roll them together. If that's what no, feels right. No, no. Uh, roll it again. No, only because uh, I, I did uh, divide them up, but then I thought about it even as we're talking. I love, and I'm sure, you know, I have similar beats, of course, but I, when he says, you'll find him full of surprises, and Vader just disarms him, <laughs> knocks him downstairs, and leaps down at him. It's like, that's all of it. It's thrill, because that's a great line. Oh, man, I want to use that in business meetings. You'll find you'll find him full of surprises. But then it's just also where he is as a character, right? I'm the hero. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> just such, it, it's all, it checks all the boxes. 
Yeah, and it is, it's funny, and, you know, a different version of this could have been full-on comedy, right? Where, like, Mm -hmm. it's almost like Vader's letting him finish his sentence, you know, but it absolutely could have been, you'll find I'm full of whoop. Yep, yep, (laughs) yep. Because he just, that's what Vader really has, he's one-handed, he's got the one hand on the saber, he does this spin, knocks it out, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. sure, kid, sure. Yeah, no, and there is a real nice dance where Vader's like, okay, let's see what you got, you know, uh, and, and he keeps thinking like, yeah, Luke hasn't have that much. Okay, he, he did, he, yeah. he, he pulled one more out. Okay, all right, okay. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love that one. Um, I'll, I'll, it, yeah, that's fine, let's, let's mix them up. I think for me, a, a moment of character banter, you know, we, we've talked about it a lot, but so much is, uh, is set by the beginning of that mm. amazing Vader line, the amazing delivery of the forces with you, young Skywalker, but you are not a Jedi yet. Uh, one of James Earl Jones best mm. delivery. It's a cool line. It's fun to quote, but it's also like it, it, it sets up the audience. It tricks the audience um, mm-hmm. in a great way. Right. Because the audience is already tempted to not listen to anything that the, the cute green Muppet has said. Right. Right. And to have a new hope mindset of like, finally, the good guy, Luke Skywalker, is going to take it to the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it this encourages you to root for Luke, where the bad guy is like, yeah, you got power, but it's not enough. And you want to be like, it is. Take it mm-hmm. to him, Luke. Take it to him. So it's a cool line, but it's also like this great manipulation of the audience's expectations of what this fight is about. It's also maybe a top five shot in Star Wars. Oh, for sure. Just that ominous shadow. Uh, Once Luke gets up there and it's just the two, the shadow of the two of them and it's held like that's the kind of brilliance that that Kirshner brought. I think that um, it it invites it holds the shot long enough to invite you to think about this is a meaningful battle. This is the showdown between these two figures. One good, one evil. Here we go. This is iconic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. No, that's that's that is that is perhaps the moment. And, and you're right, at James Earl Jones and at, 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 a, at a lifetime of wonderful line deliveries, that that might be the best for me too. Yeah, absolutely. He, he didn't have to go so hard, but he did. Uh, what are some other moments of thrill, character, uh, or combined? It's the one-two punch of Luke's leap uh, out of the out of the chamber. Invader's impressive, most impressive. I mean, is that one of the most <laughs> quoted lines in Star Wars? Yes, and it and it should be. It has so many uses, um, but also it is a thrill. It is it is a little especially all the things you're talking about. It's you you pick up right away. Eh, this isn't going as planned for old Luke, and he leaps. He gets out of it. He's not trapped. All too easy. Nope, nope, nope. He's not going to do it. And, and even like I said, Vader's like, all right, all right. Uh, you know, I see, I see what you got. I see what you got. So I, I've just always, always loved that moment. Yeah, no, that one is absolutely great. And yeah, Anakin is even says it in the Clone Wars, right? To yeah. really connect it. Uh, I have had friends say it to me while playing video games. The impressive, most impressive, yep. vice versa. It is, it's a classic for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, uh, for me, just a big thrill. Just like one of the things that made me think this, this fight was the coolest, uh, even, is I was getting older and rewatching the movie again and again on VHS and then DVD and then Blu-ray and then streaming. It's always just going to be one of the thrill moments. The cool moments uh, is when uh, Luke escapes the carbon freezing chamber. Uh, Vader slashes at him. He does the cool move of blowing the steam into, into Mm -hmm. Vader's face and calling the saber back to his hand. Like that was the playground moment for me. That Mm -hmm. was like, ah, it would be so cool to have the force (laughs) 
right? <laughs> you know, and every time I watch it, it'd be like, I know how this fight ends, but look, Luke's got some stuff going for him. That was a clever move. I love Vader's little yell of surprise. He really got him with that smoke, you know? Yeah. And then, yeah. and then on top of that, buying the time to get the blade back in his hand just in time to meet Vader's blade. So just cool. It's why you run to the playground to claim the playground equipment that you can best reenact this on. All right. We get <laughs> I need a tube first. and a stick. Yeah. <laughs> so I can act out this beat. So that's one of my just favorite uh, thrilling moments, thrilling beats in the fight. Uh, how about you? What are some other moments? I, I call this maybe a, a character moment and, and it's something that's only grown in time. And I'm going to, I'm going to say it again. Like after watching, um, Kenobi and seeing a little bit more of Anakin's face as, as played by Hayden in that moment. And, 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 and it's not overlooked the rebels moment with Ahsoka too. Don't want to mm-hmm. do that. Um, there's this beat on Vader's face, which is the mask. Um, and it's right before he starts moving all the objects and, and, and throwing them at Luke and, and they're clashing. They're down below. Luke's taking his shots and there's just this shot. You just linger on it. It's a second. But Vader's kind of holding his saber there, and that's when things start flying. And I've just now, I'm mesmerized by what's going on in that mind, that mind right there. And then I'm just like, you, I keep telling you you don't understand the full power of this. I keep telling you you don't know what fight you're in. You keep thinking you're going to win. You keep thinking you're a hero. I got, you don't even know half, half of what I can do. You don't even know what's out there in the galaxy yet. Uh, you farm boy. It's just, uh, but, uh, but also, uh, I don't know. I just love, if you just watch it, you see it. It is just a shot on hell's coming and I'm coming with it. Uh, I, I really glad that you brought that up. I, I, I love the moment where he lowers his blade like mm-hmm. that moment. That's the same Vader who is like, I am going to uh, beat Reva without even igniting my own blade. I'll just use hers against hers, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll even give her half of it back to try again. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the Vader where it's like, okay, I have, I have taken the measure and now I know what I'm up against and now I need to show this kid what's what. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I like that Vader keeps being cocky of like, oh, you're full of surprises. Now I just knocked you down. Now I knock you into the carbon freezing. And so he's hey, you legitimately knocked me <laughs> right. uh, it, right. into this uh, over the pit here. And like, okay, you have some skills, but I just want you to settle down because this fight for me isn't about, I'm not going to cut your head off. Um mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I need, I need you to settle down so I can speak with you, son. <laughs> yeah. But in a horribly cruel way. That's to me what it, it, it is showing the power. It is showing the mastery, but it's also just like tenderizing him. So he, so yeah. he'll sit down and shut up and stop fighting. So he'll mm. listen to what Vader really wants to do, which is tell him the truth. Right. Yep. Um, and I absolutely, yeah, love the lowering the blade and you don't even get it and all of the, all the boxes flying at him. And, you know, people make jokes about it of, of, with the gift now of like Jedi reflexes where he misses the box. And I think it's making a generalized joke, but like, yeah, that's the whole point <laughs> that he, he does not have the power. That's it, the whole point. It, it's the final big one on my list. Uh, you know, that one big swing and a miss. Uh, it's like kind of, there's a lot of them, but there's like the final big one. Which is, it's like my little league career in one swing of that lightsaber. That's how it went for me. <laughs> but it, it is exactly that, right? It's based on everything we've said, based on everything Luke has told us and himself. It is such like this weapon doesn't, it's nothing. This is where you are. I, I really, I, I loved it as a kid. There is, there's a little bit of humor with it. You know, it could be a great, oh, yeah. you want to use it totally. And we're here for that. But we're here for the point. And, and it's such 
a, a, a low point, right? It's a painful because it's, it's not even a saber. It's like a box. Some Ugnaught's <laughs> lunchbox got tossed at you. And, 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 and this is where you are. Yeah. And, and he has to know like, yeah, that Vader's just standing there watching, you know, while I miss boxes, mm-hmm. um, which kind of leads to, to one of my other favorite moments, uh, uh, you know, that, that cut where Luke is, is in the tunnel. Uh, often when I walk down hallways, I do the, the great Mark Hamill look. He does the same inquisitive, but also scared kind of look that he does as he walks down halls in, uh, in the Death Star. It's mm-hmm. here too, but it's more scared. It is the, to me, the patented Luke Skywalker, uh, cocked head slightly advanced. This is how you proceed down a hallway. Um, but in particular, when Luke is walks into that tunnel and Vader just swoops in like a shadow from hell, right? Yes. And invaders advancing angry and it is they like, okay, we we've played. Now I just need you to settle down. <laughs> I was gonna ask you about that. I'm glad you brought that. I was gonna ask you about this. This is this is, goes into what you think, interpret, headcanon, whatever you want to say. In that particular moment, do you have any part of your brain that thinks Vader's like, F this, I'm chopping him into? <laughs> no, I think it really is like there is a surprising amount of fight in him, and I need him to stop because this is not what the gotcha. fight is for me. And I think he, it's so, it's so different, like compare like just Vader's body language from the beginning, right? Where he's like Mm -hmm. testing Mm -hmm. him. Uh, When he swoops down on him in that hallway, he, he drives the fight. He backs Luke up to where there's nowhere else to go. Then Luke still won't give him, give up, gives him the tap on the shoulder that I know we both like. And that's where they're like, all right, then, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, I'm just taking, I'm taking this away from you. So we can talk because that's what talk. I'm here for, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's my total headcanon, you know? Yeah. No, I love it. No, it's great. No, I love it. Yeah. I, I just, that's why I love so many things about this fight is just, uh, the, like you, we keep going back to what aggression, but it's, uh, it's, it's palpable. You feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do you want to talk a, a, anything about the famous moment, the, the famous interchange, the, uh, you know, uh, no, I am your father, the, no, that's impossible. Uh, Luke's resolution. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Here's here's my thought on it. it. It's just so part of the so so uh, part of our, our pop culture world, right? It's the, it's mm-hmm. perhaps one of the biggest things. Uh, you know, uh, it's not just a Simpsons joke. It's all of our jokes. I I, I don't want to say overlook it. I don't spend a lot of time with it anymore because it's all just building um, to that. The, the the more interesting things are, are are there. Once we get the truth, it's it, it's it's a wonderful moment for Hamill as an actor. The history behind the moment is is so so well discovered. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? Where I'm like, yeah, no, I know, I get it, I get it. That's where we're going. And it changes everything. Changes everything for them. Again, I think it's tremendously important to acknowledge that Vader's acknowledging anything public. It's like he's. I finally said it. Like you said up top. I'm like yay. Mm-hmm. Even with even with Palpatine, I I have to be kind of like what? Uh, you, Skywalk? What? And so I think it's a big moment. Um, yeah, a big moment. I, I so I feel maybe after all these years, I don't have any any new insight to add to it. Got it. Got it. No, I think for me, the the only things I'll add is that it it, it has become richer since mm-hmm. the prequels in the Rule of Two, and that that's you know he I think deep down he wants connection with his son. Um, that that's why he's obsessed, but he can't really admit that to himself because that desire for connection is weakness. Uh, so he is folding that into what we now know is the rule of two of like, I'll get this new better apprentice and together we'll overthrow this guy. Uh, so I find that a, a more interesting beat. And I think that's what, that's what uh, Palpatine and Vader are kind of dancing around in their yeah. conversation earlier in uh, Empire Strikes Back. And then I've just, I've come to appreciate more, uh, as I've gotten older, Luke's choice, right? Because Vader is is yeah. telling him it's uh, die, uh, don't make me uh, destroy you, uh, or 
go to the dark side. Mm-hmm. You know, it is the only way. Um, and that Luke, now that he finally understands that he didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. Right? He's not like he immediately hears everything. He's like, ah, I got it. Now all of Yoda's lessons come flying back and I understand everything perfectly. It's just that like splash of water in the face of like, oh, I realize this is a different situation than I thought entirely. And instead of trying to resolve it, it you know, I'm I'm going to let go, literally. Like, I don't think it's quite to that sort of like Zen Jedi meaning of of let go. But the fact that that is his choice of like, uh, I'm going to take my chances with option three. I'm not going to let you tell me what are my only two options. I'm going to take whatever mm. is offered by, you know, attempting to get away. Right. And yeah. find my own path. Yeah. Love it. Uh, so out of 10 lightsabers fully ignited, mm-hmm. how many lightsabers do you now personally <laughs> give this fight? Look, man, <clears throat> I'm going to give this the old nine out of 10, (laughs) the one point deduction comes from, you know, I don't just, Luke just didn't dress for the right fight for me. Um, And by the way, I love, (laughs) I love his outfit more than ever. And that's part of the, part of the reason behind it. Um, And then uh, one, you know, half a point that deduction is, yeah, it scared me as a kid and I'm still scared of large Marge and uh, Vader in this fight. So there you go. (laughs) Understandable. You should be frightened of Vader in this fight. Uh, I'm giving it 10 out of 10 and many of those lightsabers are double sided too. Uh, I do think it is like (laughs) an incredibly well done fight from the choreography, from the filmmaking perspective, uh, hugely emotionally important. And then, you know, we're discussing our subjective opinions mm-hmm. and this is absolutely just a, a, a huge template of what lightsaber fights can be. And I love it with all my star Wars love and heart. So it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, and with that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to discuss the lightsaber duel of return of the Jedi. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And we are back as we discuss the magic of lightsaber fights. We just discussed the matchup between Vader and Luke Skywalker in Empire Strikes Back, which means we are now to the rematch in Return of the Jedi. Luke Skywalker versus Darth Vader versus the Emperor sitting there throwing shade, which is, I think, a part of what the fight is. Uh, Ken, what are your current feelings on this fight, and have they changed over the years? I know you began with great love in your heart. It sounds like probably for you, this was the template. This was what a lightsaber fight should be. Yeah, it ne- it definitely needs uh, an, a, a, a stunt performer uh doing a leap up onto something <laughs> you know, with a, with a springboard. Uh, yeah. So what, what has changed? I'll, I'll start up, up there first is, is, is what is actually happening in the fight. And my, and my understanding of that has definitely changed and, and as it should from seven to now, but there's been a lot of changes along the way as you engage with it more. And as you engage with the star Wars story more, I think all roads lead to this, which is why I still mm-hmm. love the fight so much. So yeah, with a deeper understanding of, 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 you know, what Luke is doing and, and what he's doing wrong specifically and what he does right in the end, it, it all just matters more to me. Um, and again, that, that was always there. George, mm-hmm. Richard Mark, I was always there. It, it was never not there, but it's just easy to grow up saying, see, Luke went to face the bad guys and we won, and look, Ewoks were dancing. It didn't happen in the last film. No Ugnaughts <laughs> dance, no Wookiees dance, Ewoks dance here. And and, and I think, therefore, uh, this could be, it's, again, that's not, I don't know, it's not, you know what I mean? It's not misinterpreted. I just, and maybe some of this is just my own experience, but it has the, this is what he meant to do, right? He, he told Yoda he's going to go save his friends and he tells Leia he's going to go save his friends and you could just stop there and, and not see it. So that's why even some of my favorite moments, we've already discussed some in the series, but I'll discuss some here today. They are still some of my favorite moments 
It's just you look at it now and go, oh, that is one, you know, one, one, one step over the line, sweet Luke, uh, of bad. <laughs> that is a potential mistake. That is potentially fatal. And, and, and that has made the fight more interesting. But the visuals of it, the, the black, the, again, talking about everyone dressed for a goth party. The green blade, which is a different feel than the blue one for me. The, the red, the music, Williams going, hey, this might be the last one we ever do. Let's bring in a choir. <laughs> like all that stuff for me, yes, was a bit of a template, a bit of quintessential Star Wars. So like the actual just like thrill of the lightsaber fight for you, part of it is the aesthetic, the music. Mm-hmm. It just feels huge and operatic to you. 100% one of my favorite things to say here 100% but 110% for this one it, this is my <laughs> Jedi aesthetic a little dark yeah. a little moody put a glove on you got an injury you're trying to go and then and then you leap out to save the day and again as you analyze a little bit more uh, some of those moments change for you and did change for me but yeah it is uh, I, I, I will still say I will still say him leaping out screaming the music playing as the camera kind of you know pans along might be my favorite Star Wars shot. And again, it, it leads mm. right to Vader being tossed, you know, not knocked down, the hand chopped off, and, and Luke thrown down the lightsaber. So, so all of that in is a big, probably the sequence of sequences in Star Wars. It's the heart of a lot of things. But just that moment with the, oh, is like, oh, God, that's that's what I want in every Star Wars film. Yeah, no, oh, I, I get it. I really get, like, the emotional thrill. And I have come to, to really, really... Uh, love this fight, particularly uh, the emotion of it. Um, but to kind of go back uh, uh, time travel into my kid perspective that I think it took me a little while to shake mm-hmm. is I had that time to speculate, especially from a kid perspective where I right, didn't, right. you know, uh, I, I don't think I got to see Empire Strikes Back in between. Uh, we, we didn't have it a v, uh, VCR. Uh, so I, I relived it through my action figures and through the trading cards and the storybooks, like I said, uh, but it was still burned into my soul. So I spent around three years going, how is Luke ever going to defeat Vader? Vader can throw boxes. <laughs> yeah. How is he can do that? And I remember this is probably my very first uh, speculate responsibly, but I didn't realize it when I saw the movie. I was like, I was waiting this. I was waiting for three years to figure out how Luke was going to handle it when Vader threw stuff at him. And he didn't even try. <laughs> That's correct. So I think what it came down to is I imagined it bigger. I imagined the actual fight. Like, how could a lightsaber mm-hmm. fight be even bigger than Empire Strikes Back? And, of course, as I get older, you know, it, it, what's amazing and wonderful about the fight, which we'll discuss, is, is, is it's a fight the hero's trying not to have, which by mm-hmm. definition makes it makes it really, really different. It's a fight where any moment of fight is fun and thrilling on the action adventure side, but any second where the lightsaber is ignited is a tragedy. Yes. (laughs) You know, and it gives it, it gives it this entirely different uh, tension and stakes. There are still cool uh, action moments that we'll talk about and all that. So um, as I've gotten older, what I really, really enjoy about this fight is obviously for the emotional battle, it is the fight for the, you know, the conclusion where Luke throws down the blade. It is one of the biggest, most important moments in Star Wars is an emotional battle. It's a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so then I start thinking about like, okay, well, well, where does it really rate for me in terms of like the actual, uh, the battle and in the banter and all that stuff. Um, the stuff that I've really come to, to enjoy is the contrast with Luke, right? Like mm-hmm. Luke is, is giving in. He, he knows he shouldn't be doing this. Uh, but the great contrast between Luke in, in empire and Luke 
in Return of the Jedi, it's so fun to watch Luke's uh, skill and confidence. And like the story yeah. of this battle from Luke's perspective is that power isn't at issue. He can match Vader now or mm-hmm. or surpass him. The use of the power is is the question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's got so many great great lines in the, in this fight that that have only become richer over time. Even down to the viewing I did this morning, um, I always was fascinated by Vader's uh, seeming to just be totally unaware of Yoda. That's always what I concentrated on when Vader mm. would not shut up about Obi Wan. Mm. Uh, but like hearing the line that I've heard a million times again this morning of oh, Obi Wan has taught you well, that's more impactful after having seen Obi Wan take it to Vader mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and going like, "Ooh, okay, all right, okay, okay, yeah. you really got it, kid. You are you are matching me." Um, We'll talk about all these lines. Sister is is always been great, but is even more rich after the prequels. So, uh, my point being on my kind of current feelings on the fight is it's it's elevated quite a bit from when I was a kid uh, to really appreciating what the fight is truly about and appreciating how rich it becomes with all the additional storytelling. Yeah, and and, and to back up your you, you know the expectation thing, and and it's why we have fun with them here at Force Center, and sometimes we'll do a, a little cheeky warning, and we sell T-shirts about it. But it, it, it's it's it, it is a it's a lesson. But I can only imagine, um, you know, you, you it, it's look at Maul, Kenobi, twin sons, rebels, right? There was a lot of people like that's it, and it's like that's yeah. the, that's the point. This we know, and we have wonderful discussions about that. But yes, this it, 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 I've lived with this fight for so long. But again, watching it this morning with a strong cup of coffee, it it is all about Luke going, nope, 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 not gonna fight you. I will not fight you. Like. And so I can only imagine going, here we go. Wait, he doesn't even want to fight him? What are you talking about? Yeah, no. And, and as I got older, eventually that was one of the things that made me like really love Star Wars and really want to engage and discuss Star Wars is is realizing the power of that and realizing how much, you know, I was a very young person, so I'm not beating up on myself, but I spent years debating with my brother. Can Luke ever beat Darth Vader? And my brother's like, no. I don't, I don't know how my how nihilistic uh, my my young brother at the time uh, he's older than me but he was young then uh i don't know how he thought this was going to end if luke could <laughs> never yeah. beat vader like no that's going to be the ending the empire's going to win uh, <laughs> but that was the debate that was the only debate was will luke be able to kill him or not and it never entered my mind that there was another option which is why lucas told this story you know yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about what's at stake for the characters. Why are they fighting? What is victory for them in this lightsaber duel? Where do you go with that? I go, I, you know, you look at Luke first, and I think one of the things at stake is, like we keep touching upon, is, is, is becoming a weapon for the dark side. I think that that's hanging over his head. At least he's being told that a lot. I think he's, why is he, why is he there? Again, I, the question of why, why is he fighting is, like you said, doesn't want to fight. He's there He's there for his father, for you know, because there's good in him. I've felt it. Like, that's what he's telling Leia, I got to go do. So um, that's there. And then, and then uh, you know, they, what what is victory for, for him? I, I often, not struggle, but wonder if just like, was he, did he just assume he was going to his death? Did he just assume I ain't coming back? Uh, and that the that and again, not saying that I hope I get hurt enough and my father changes side. Like I I I don't mm, know mm, if that mm. that details of his plan, but you know it's like he he's entering in there to say I've got to stay stay strong. I cannot give into the dark side. I cannot become a weapon for this, and hope that in doing I got I got to look for hope. Uh, look for the force to do something. I look for my father or something. Again, the details. I don't think he has a post-it note of step one. Um, 
I just think that's what it's take. Do not do not become a weapon for the Jedi. Uh, hide your feelings, bury your feelings, Luke. Mm. Uh, all that is is what's in his mind for me as a starting point to the conversation. Yeah, no, I I love all that. I think that his big picture, his his fight is to not fight. His victory conditions are don't fight because in this particular yeah. scenario, it uh won't help anything right we talk about this a lot it comes up a lot in in lightsaber fights in particular but sort of the the jedi philosophy of when you sadly must use violence in defense Mm -hmm. of someone else versus like going out there with the mission to kill somebody right yeah um and i think luke handed himself over to vader because he believes that there's some good in him he tries that on the hallway and doesn't think that his father is even going to hand him over to Palpatine. And his dad's like, nope, sorry. So I think by the time he walks on to uh, that, walks into that throne room, mm. I think he has two things going on. I think he has a willingness to die rather than fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he has exactly what Palpatine accuses him of. Well, not exactly. He has confidence in his friends. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, uh, Palpatine thinks it's overconfidence. But I really think that there's like some, there's some like Zen Jedi wisdom in him recognizing, oh, a lot of people have said that, you know, I, I'm so important because I have these Jedi powers. Um, I have to face Vader. But I think there's a real like almost peace to him of like, this isn't all about me. Yes, I have powers and they can help people and I use them to rescue Han and that was important. Um, but my friends have a plan yeah, and they're united and together and I believe in them and they're going to resolve this. And yeah. I don't, it, it's, I don't need to, you know, I don't need to, he, he even tells it, you know, directly to Palpatine, like, you know, soon you'll be dead. Right. And mm-hmm. it's only when that is uh, maybe not what's going to happen. Uh, when it seems his, like his faith in his friends uh, was misplaced, not in their ability, but in uh, Palpatine pulling them into a trap, uh, that's when his motivation, you know, briefly turns to to rage, to a fear of losing his friends, and in particular yeah. Leia, in this, what is now, you know, very well documented, very well understood, uh, briefly starts down the path that uh, that took his father. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, and I want to acknowledge too, acknowledge too what you're saying of just this idea of a little bit of... Um I don't know if it's a Kenobi New Hope energy of, you're right, you know, I'm going up there. If I can keep you distracted enough, we all go, mm-hmm. and that's the victory. Yeah, that's a big part of it, too, I want to acknowledge, uh, that what he's carrying is, uh, you know, in his heart as he heads up there. Yeah, I think it's just, I think he he just has a reading of the situation of, you know, I I, I am not, I am not, needed for this um that my my friends have it and to know like when and and that's the jedi thing right to to know Mm -hmm. when you are truly needed and to know when to let other people have their agency you are not everything uh because of your powers right sometimes your powers aren't the most important thing and i kind of feel like that that is where he's at you know he's not trying to come up with a plan of like only i can stop them i need to leave this room with these two dead like my my friends have a plan for it that's a, that's a, it's a it's a very important point about this whole thing is go to that leia, leia conversation we're gonna we're gonna highlight you know in our heads over over time it's leia's vision of her mother which you know now it's this canon gap that we have to you know have fun with and all that kind of stuff all there's the 
the Han of it all, you and I, and you've been celebrating that moment of, I'm grumpy Han. What's, what's my lady friend doing? <laughs> like, there's just a lot of great other things there. And the revelation of the sister. But yeah, that, that whole conversation, you're right. It is Luke going, don't worry. No, you're the power here, Lay. Yeah, you have your own power. He doesn't say, hey, you know, maybe I can train you later on and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, don't, it's not a little bit of don't worry about me, but a little bit of like, no, you, you guys, you're the fight. Leia, you're the fight. Han's the fight. Lando's the fight. That that's what's there, and and I like that. Again, it's a little bit of that Kenobi energy. It's the, it's it's somewhat of the same generation pass, passing on the the lessons in a way uh, of uh, no, you step on ahead. That's more important. I've got to go do this because only I can. Not in the sense of I'm going to go save the day. You're going to save the day. I'm the only one that can go handle uh, distract them. I guess why it's going. Yeah, on. you've always been strong, right? Mm-hmm, it connects mm-hmm. to Qui Gon in Obi Wan. You know, going with Padme to Naboo and like. We'll give you advice. We'll back you and we will defend you. Uh, mm-hmm. But we are letting you chart your path um, and not inserting mm-hmm. ourselves in it unnecessarily. And I feel like that's a part of like Luke's great growth and power and why he's so awesome in Return of the Jedi because he is this centered yeah. Jedi and that's what's being challenged. He walks on that station, you know, centered, right? And, yep. and, and Palpatine and Vader combined to break through to his and try to curdle his compassion into fear and anger. And they yeah. are briefly successful. Yeah. And remember, um, this is, this is the same Luke that uh, not too long from now will show up and uh, take Grogu and say, oh, good luck with all you got going on. <laughs> Looks like you have a captured Imperial remnant <laughs> and uh, maybe some Mandalorian personal issues. <laughs> Enjoy your day. <laughs> good day, sir. Yeah. Good day. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's interesting to think if somebody's like, Hey, can we have uh, some help with this? That he might be like, huh, all right. Um, yeah. let's talk, uh, about Vader's, uh, motivations. Cause I think this is one of the most fascinating Vader mm. head spaces, right? Uh, there's, we, we will ob- absolutely talk about, uh, Vader's choice, Anakin's choice, uh, to throw Palpatine down the shaft. But when he's bringing Luke to Palpatine, what does Vader want? What does he think is going to happen? What is he okay with happening? Mm. And and I think, look, trying to analyze it from the Vader point of view, and 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 that we've got a lot of wonderful questions over the years of, hey, just watching this again, and what's mm-hmm. what's his purpose here now? I think it is one of the underrated aspects of this fight in terms of how it grows on you and, and how you look at it differently, and you're only going to look at it even more different now that we've got uh, season one of Kenobi. Oh, is there season two? We'll find out. Here's where I start, Joseph. I look at this fight as Vader's last stand and Anakin's final fight. As mm-hmm. going on in there, and as far as what's in his head, I, you and I did this four center scene by scene of of the um, what we call kind of the the hallway or you know balcony scene, whatever you want to say, with, with Luke uh, turning himself into Vader, and how just sad all of that is from Vader. It is the ghost of Anakin saying, "It's too late for me." Um, it goes from anger to all this stuff, and it's you know anyone wants to listen to the episode, it's out there. So I carry that into this fight where I just wonder how much of Vader is just like is feeling there is no end game for me. I cannot defeat the emperor. Maybe he can, maybe I can, or maybe this is just, I always look at it as you don't understand the power of the dark side. The many different times Vader says that one of the final ones to Luke is just this, like, you don't understand I'm trapped and this is what I do. And so he's going up there because not because it's his job, but just like, there's no other option. So therefore I wonder if just what, what, how much did he have in his mind of what he was going to do in that fight? Yeah, no, 
I love the way you're describing that because even in Empire, you don't know the power of the dark side. Still feels like mm-hmm. it. It's the only way to get what you want. You know, yeah. yeah, it still feels strong. But like, yeah, in Return of the Jedi, you don't know the power of the dark side. Feels like you don't know how strong the bars on my prison are. You know, it, it really does feel like. And I know the the comic books. I haven't uh, read all of them, but the comic books that center between Empire and Jedi, I think, are doing some good work to show. Um, what I always kind of felt and assumed of Palpatine really breaking Vader down, right. Mm-hmm. And making, driving out any, anything that isn't just allegiance to yeah. the dark side. So it, it does feel like this resignation, but it's fun to think through. Like even in empire, he's like, okay, I got him isolated and alone. Yeah. Uh, maybe he'll, maybe his eyes will go yelling. You're like, you're right. Let's, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I will join you, you know? Um, and I think Vader is doing what he is following the path of the dark side. He is following what he he knows, right? And he is, I think, he is trying to uh, serve the dark side, serve Palpatine. I think he wants to break Luke's spirit. I think he wants to turn Luke to the dark side. Mm-hmm. He knows fighting and fear are the path to the dark side, and he is committed. He is going to do that to Luke. That's clear from his actions, right? Mm-hmm. But then, since the dark side is so selfish, it's such a great question. Be like. And how does that end for Vader? Mm-hmm. What does Vader think is going to happen? Because this isn't back on Bespin where they can then, you know, team up, <laughs> yeah. uh, force a bunch of stormtroopers to come to their side and go get Palpatine. If if Luke bends in that moment, maybe there's a, a, a just a glimmer of hope that he and Luke turn their blades on Palpatine. Maybe there's a glimmer of hope, but he seems more beaten down mm-hmm. than that. So I kind of feel like there's this headcanon for me where Vader's like, I know how this goes. I know how hard the dark side is to resist. Uh, Luke's going to break or we're going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And if he does break, um, I think Vader's ready to die. Mm-hmm. I think Vader has maybe a glimmer of hope that, okay, we'll turn on Palpatine or maybe Palpatine will be ready to let the, the, you know, rule of two go and, and, you know, Luke will just be like our, the grandest inquisitor ever. Great. <laughs> But I think Vader, in his heart of heart, knows if Luke breaks, uh, I'm dead, and I, yeah. and I'm and I, I'm sick of all of this, and and I'm ready to yeah. I'm ready to accept it. I'm ready to die. I mean, that's getting into you know total headcanon material. Yeah. I'm not yeah. pointing to one specific line where like I'm going to underline it, like I'm doing a YouTube, uh, you know, <laughs> video proving it. it was, I'm not circling anything. This is a, an emotional reading, a gut level reading. Is yeah. that what's going to happen if Luke if Luke breaks? <laughs> Well, the Palpatine's gonna hold up. Palpatine's gonna like get out a little gavel and go. It's now rule of three. I don't. There, there's no, there's no shock look of. There's no Count Dooku look of shock when, when a broken Luke comes for Vader's head, and Palpatine's like, good, good, do it. There, there's not gonna be any surprise there from Vader. Yeah, that, that almost can't be right. He'd be a fool to be. Yeah, no, this is great because I even think we got a, a. I thought I thought we answered this in a, in a question video once. It's a great question that I that. Bears repeating here uh, is this. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if Vader knew, uh, or you know, you know. Excuse me. When when he ignites that blade, is it to defend the Emperor or stop Luke from giving in to hate? Is a wonderful question. I have. I still in my. I follow what it may. I don't know if that follows completely what you're saying, but I, I just have this idea that that it was a little bit of, of of gut reaction from Vader. That's a little bit of why Palpatine cackles. I don't know, or just ca- Palpatine's cackling because oh, oh, you almost did it. You almost did it. You almost gave it to hate, but now there's a fight, and and and, and Luke's slipping, and and Palpatine knows it. And I, I don't. I, some days I might have a different answer than other days, you know. 
I think some days I want it to be Vader going, no, 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 son, don't give in to hate. But I, I think you're right. There's a lot of re- resignation in him. And I think I think his emotions shift during the fight. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I, I didn't say I had any one line to point to, but I do think there is a lot in the line of it is too late for me, my son. Yeah. I think he's resigned to uh, this is his destiny. Uh, break Luke and nine chances out of 10, if he succeeds in breaking Luke, that's it for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, much, much uh, more clear and easy to analyze, I think, is the victory conditions for uh, Emperor Sheev Palpatine, Darth Sidious. <laughs> which is, here's what I think his his entire uh, victory conditions are: I either get a new model or I keep my reliable old clunker. Either way, I get where I'm going. <laughs> I'm shopping for a car. I'm gonna haggle on the price. Either way, I win. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I like my 2008 Yaris. It's getting a little older, and I would love a newer model, but it'll still get me where I need to go. Yeah, and what's you know the one thing he just you know I guess you could say doesn't account for is uh, you know hope and empathy win in the day. He's just no, that's not how it works. I'm Palpatine, I, and I think that shows up again even in Rise of Skywalker. He just he just he, no, he doesn't need to account for that because darkness wins. Look at me. Yep. Yep. Uh, People think this connection will save them and the connection will break them. It is weakness. Yeah. Uh, So moving on, how does the environment help tell the story or help uh, accelerate the thrill factor? You have described the ambiance meaning a lot to you. What is it that's so effective? I think it is it is a little bit of the end game, the final boss battle, and you're doing it in his living room like... (laughs) Come on. And, and we keep talking about the fights in the original trilogy so far having, uh, you know, a trap feeling. Kenobi in the Death Star hallways. He, he can't get out. He's there. This is where it's going. Luke buried in the bowels of Bespin and going farther down as, as he slips uh, slips away there. Uh, and this to me doesn't quite feel like Luke Luke is just trapped. It just truly feels like he had no thoughts of getting out of there. I'm not trapped. This is where I knew it was going to be. The end. Uh, and and we solve it right here. And I think it's it's wonderfully claustrophobic in a way, even though the fight moves around the throne room. But like again, you're going to his house. Yeah, no, that, I I love the way you're saying it. It's happening in his living room. I think that it, 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 there is some some of that sort of a uh, great pulpy energy. And uh, you know, please always fight in high places. That always yeah. makes a fight yeah. more thrilling. Uh, you got some different areas you got uh you know the the bridges the stairs the narrow walkways hidden alcoves all all that kind of stuff going on there that gives it a a sense of space and in a sense of uh being sort of trapped but it is it's luke in the heart of the imperial beast right it's Mm -hmm. uh luke has either with the rebels been sort of like uh, striking at imperial bases or you know jumping into them to save somebody and racing out and here he is just wa- sticking his head in the mouth of the lion. And I think that's a little bit of the vibe that's uh, mm-hmm. that's powerful, right? It, it's surrounded. Mm-hmm. Every, everywhere is the sort of insignia of the Empire in that darkness. Yeah, which, which is why, which is for, for Vader, not Anakin, but for Vader, he, he is standing in all that he became, right? It is pointless to resist my son. It, it, look around. You're not getting out of this. This is what made yeah. me. I did this to myself. I uh, victory. I uh, bragged Obi Wan, but really, I'm I, I am trapped in all this. You can't get out. Yeah, yeah. I love your living room analogy. The other thing that I, I like is it, it, the whole battleground is kind of a stage. In the Emperor is the audience. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. can have stages where you know uh, the stage is elevated, uh, but you get a little bit more of that sort of a coliseum arena vibe when the the majority of the fight is happening with the emperor is this elevated Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's got the the best spot in the raked seating 
mm-hmm. <laughs> of the combat theater, and it's all playing out for him at his whim. Yeah, yeah. This is the this is the fight in the Oval Office, right? <laughs> this is what yep. Lucas wanted. Uh, we're yep. going to go to Nixon's Oval Office right here because I, I love one of the moments <laughs> is is uh, that that elevator door opens and, and Hamill's kind of playing it is like all right where are we at oh there he is like he's a great read on when he sees the emperor for the first time. Oh yeah, yeah, and then the the, the handcuffs come, the binders coming off, mm, great stuff. Mm. So, what realities of filmmaking do you think about when you watch this fight? So this is uh, I don't know if it's even a change or anything. This fight still holds the, you know this wonderful top spot in my heart. But watching it now and and really trying to look at it, I think this uh, while this definitely holds me and and, and thrills me uh, uh, and kisses me, whatever hold me, thrill me. Um, the like some of it, including that big flip reads like 80s hollywood stunt action it reads mm. a little smaller to me now um shot now the action might be slightly more i don't know free less constrained i don't mean in, in choreography just it, it does feel um yeah i got small not not it's epic it's the end game but it just um the believe it or not joseph the i think the empire action reads better now than this one <laughs> okay okay i get it and that's just that's just sort of like the whole combination of filmmaking right like the yeah. angles the editing the and, you know yeah. the directing of photography all of it and even a little bit of the the the, the stage and the use of the space is great but like I, you know i have more of those like and i don't i don't get hung up on those questions but i have more of those how like was Luke just hiding under the stairs? Cause there's not a lot there. <laughs> like, you know, and so the actual like staging of the fight sometimes doesn't hold up for me as much as it used to. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. I think the, the, there is a little bit of comedy of Luke's voice coming out from what doesn't feel like a huge space. Right. Of like, yeah, yeah. How many, yeah. like there, let's be generous. There are 14 poles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Vader's going to find him eventually that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And, and, I and think again, yeah. yeah does, it, does it hold up? Yeah. That, you know, you know, I don't get hung up on it, but it's just, you see that more and more. So that's why just it's some of the realities of it there. Uh, this isn't a no, no sh- shot at Mark one. It just, it's shot different and with a little, uh, I don't know, less finesse. Yeah, I know. I'm watching it again this morning. There, there are things that I just really, really loved. I think that has uh, some of that stuff has always been my challenge or kind of comparing it back and forth to, to yeah. empire, uh, strikes back fight. Um, but also just watching it again just reminded me, like, is the years fall by uh, with with storytelling, in particular Star Wars storytelling? It's it's the emotions and the moments we love that linger on, right? Like, mm-hmm. and you know, it's totally understandable and great that a new thing comes out and we all debate it and discuss it. But it's powerful to go watch this and go, like, yeah, if that if this was the way the fight was constructed in a new show, people would be really critiquing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's totally unbelievable that Luke could hide there, you know? Yep, and yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is like, it's a legitimate thing to discuss. The criticisms are always valid, but there's a power in the fact that as the years fall away, that's not what people want to talk about. Mm-hmm. They talk about growing up with this or discovering this or what it means to them or how it connects to other stories. And like the stuff that sings is always going to end up having more power than the the little problems. Yeah. Yeah. Really does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a couple things I think about is the, um, Really enjoying the the choreography uh, again in original trilogy. It's all a little bit more of that uh, heavier uh, two handed uh, kind of sword fighting style. But the the contrast even between Empire, right, where there's it's mostly heavy bashing in Empire, but there are some more sort of fencing like moves here and there, or little mm-hmm. uh, you know quick uh, thrusts and parries. Uh, I love how the vast majority of this fight is just like these lightsabers weigh 
85 pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's these big, brutal bashing of blades. Um, I, I talk about different lightsaber fights I like because they there's a lot of finesse and it's like their chess. It's like everybody knows the moves, but is there a way that you can surprise your opponent with making a move they're not expecting? And like that's mm-hmm. a half of the psychological battle. And I love that that is only in this fight a little bit. This fight is not finesse. It's not chess. It's like bare knuckle, knuckle boxing. It's power, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm, and I, I just kind of love that from the the choreography uh, standpoint and I think it tells the story that like this isn't about power this isn't about the question of it, does Luke have enough power does he have his fear under control those questions are out the window it's mm. it's what, what he's going to do with the power yeah yeah and the choreography brings that forward to me um, I also think it's kind of fascinating to to think of this film from the editing challenge um, the, it is a it, it's around the same amount of broken up into around the same amount of scenes as um, Empire Strikes Back, but it's a little bit different because we have the start of the the fight and then a cut mm. right away. And then we have a longer scene. We have a longer scene. Then the lightsaber portion of the fight is done. And then we have the the lightning scene, which is, you know, arguably a part of the lightsaber fight. Yeah. Um, uh, but it's kind of fascinating to think about from the editing challenge, right? Of this is the complexity of the intercutting. This is cutting mm. between two other battles. Yeah. Uh, while also still trying to be kind of elevated to be like, this is uh, the big fight. The big one. But then you also have this sort of narrative challenge that it is the big fight, but it's the fight for Luke and Vader's souls. It's a battle where one of the people doesn't want to be fighting. So this sort of uh, (laughs) writing challenge, choreography challenge, edit challenge, like let's make this fight where one of the guys is mostly just trying to run away. Really thrilling. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and I, and I think it does succeed overall. It's 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 yeah. When you highlight that, it's just you know you um, sometimes when you're watching it, you go from say Lando and and Nine Numb and you know Han running move 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 move, and then you suddenly it's like quiet stillness. Luke's hiding. That's hard to pull off. It's hard to pull off, and I think it's great. Yeah, you're right to point it out. It's it's a fun challenge they had they had to overcome. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it kind of leads directly into some fun conversations we'll have about uh, The Phantom Menace with uh, mm-hmm. Lucas uh, kind of escalating and cutting before between even more scenes. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, a little preview for next time. Uh, so let's talk about the individual moments. Feel free to combine uh, thrill and sure. character moment, banter moments, uh, but but uh, be sure to share with me some of just the, the thrill aspects because I'm interested in that too. Yeah, uh, starting here, uh, look, it has... This this moment has it, it, it has bigger, more dangerous ramifications now, or at least it always did. Just but when you, you engage with it a little different, but begin that fight. You know, you, you're looking out at the fleet, and you got the McDermott's chewing up scenery. But Luke kind of <laughs> whipping back around and force calling his weapon to him. You mentioned the the part in Empire of him force calling the weapon. That that was a little bit of my Jedi aesthetic growing up. Mm-hmm. But that is what a Jedi does. You're there. Uh, and, and you got, you know, your friends are going to be blown out of space if you don't uh, take action. It, it is a little bit of the Jedi art of defense. But really, it is it is about him giving in to fear and anger and, and hate, uh, which leads me to that question of, like, how much was Vader, ha- did they ha- have that in mind when he ignites his blade, whatever, you know. But but so it's all still there. It's very thrilling. It's dangerous emotionally. It's a little bit right. It's a lot of bit wrong. Like, it, all of it kind of <laughs> is just there. And it's like... Again, the the emperor is cackling because it's like you've fallen, you've fallen. But just as a kid, 
suddenly whipping around, grabbing your lightsaber, starting the fight begins. Like, uh, that's that's why I wanted to join Team Jedi. Yeah, no, absolutely. The the acting there, the the stiff sudden turn is great. And uh, for my money, I think it's I think it's uh, great to discuss Vader motivations. For me, I feel like Vader's like, yeah, no, I knew this was coming. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheev here is really good at breaking people. Uh, I want to get him angry. I want to get him fighting. I, mm-hmm. I don't think the turn happens in Vader until a little bit later. And mm-hmm. and I love uh, I love. Um, Palpatine cackling because it, it it is his it his point of view is that the Jedi are liars right yeah, that yeah. everybody gives into anger and and they're lying about it and like <laughs> that laugh is like I mean it's almost like him tweeting lol yeah. <laughs> in it, a totally jerky way because like yep uh, yeah. yeah oh oh yeah sure you don't give into violence lol yeah it, it, it's it's him kind of saying everybody's got a price I told you that I've been saying that for decades y'all got a price. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a great moment to start. One of my favorite moments is just editorial. I've always loved that we cut from the beginning of the fight to Hans. We get some more scenes uh, with Endor, and then we got Hans great. I've got an idea that just smash cuts to the fast clashing blades. That's a yeah. really cool cut that gets you just into the the heart of the fight, right? Like mm-hmm. Empire starts out kind of slow, Empire Strikes Back, and A New Hope with this sort of like testing what's going on and we just cut to them mid fight going for it you know yep absolutely uh no, so that, I, no absolutely yeah one one of my very favorite uh moments another one i'll throw out there that i've always really liked in just sort of like uh it's the thrill and the storytelling i, I like the moment when uh luke is kind of moving back up the stairs their blades are are uh you know crackling together always mm-hmm. fun Another great Hamill uh, acting moment where he kind of he pushes Vader's blade a little bit and has that sort of like uh, testing look. And he has that like it's a total, you know, I, I said mm-hmm. this wasn't much of a chess fight, but it's one of the chess moments of which way am I going to go? Which way am I going to yeah. go? Yeah, <laughs> it's just cool. But it's also one of the moments that just shows like this isn't about Luke going, can I beat him? Mm-hmm. Luke seems so confident right in yeah. that moment of like. Uh, he had my number on Bespin, but not here, not today. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Ready for it. Ready for it. Thought he was ready for it. Yeah. It is ready for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least in the terms of the, just like the power, the skill, the yep. lightsaber fight. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are some other moments for you? There's that moment where, you know, Luke kind of just kicks Vader down the stairs. Vader does this <laughs> wonderfully awkward. Again, does that hold up for me hundred percent? Ah, maybe not, but it's as a kid, just one of my favorite moments where Luke go, or Vader goes flying down the stairs. I mm-hmm. kind of love when Vader has those awkward, it's the what from new hope kind of mo- moments where it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, like, it's like, it's just so, you know, you're reminded there's someone in there going, God, God damn it. That hurt. <laughs> I love that. And, um, one of all. so it's again, it's so great, but again, it's very aggressive and, and, and the emperor's, you know, calling it out there. That's, that's the big moment it, it, where, it, where it's almost the, the preview for the decision he'll make in the end. Uh, Cause he does, uh, you know, uh, put his blade down and that's the, I will, uh, I will not fight you father, which is one of my favorite underrated uh, Vader lines is you are unwise to lower your defenses. Like how many times I said mm-hmm. that uh, to my friends on the playground. It's just one of my favorite little beats, <laughs> you know, you know, that's a heck of a one to quote to your friends. <laughs> You're unwise to lower your defenses and the snowball comes. Yeah. 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 So well, that, I guess not for you, the sandball, yeah, sand, you made sandballs, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dirt clods. Yeah. <laughs> that's an absolutely great one that you're unwise to lower your defenses. I think perhaps just for like 
that's cool. I like that moment. Uh, my favorite lightsaber fight uh, moment in this is the Vader's delivery with when Luke flips up there, which I think is is cool. Even though mm-hmm. yeah, the the flip is you know yeah. looks a little uh, a little dated, uh, but the flip up there uh, and he's telling telling Vader he feels the the conflict and that there is no conflict. Mm. Absolutely love that. Mm. Uh, followed up by the if you will not fight, then you will meet your destiny and the hurl. The lightsaber throw. Yeah. That is so, so cool. And Luke's kind of surprised, which he shouldn't be surprised at this point, mm. in the dodge and everything about that. Uh, you know, yeah. I love in Battlefront 2, throwing Vader's blade. I loved when uh, Vader threw a blade at Riva in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Yeah. Uh, I just love Vader throwing blades. Yeah, no, man, it's something really cool. Yeah, it, it is. It is press the X button to an R one to make it happen. But it, it is um, as a kid that that too was. It was. It was. It was like terrifying in its own way. Like, oh, you can throw yeah. those. Oh man, done for. Yeah, you just you want to see the variety, right? And yeah. that's and that's a good bit of variety there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, any any other moments that you wanted to celebrate? Moments of thrill, character, etc. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just gonna mention we we talked about it a lot last week, but yeah, in, in already in this episode. But the, the shot of shots, Luke, Luke leaping out, uh, the idea that uh, you know the, the the fear about his sister finally will, will break him, the music swelling. Like I said, it's peak Star Wars. Um, even watching this morning, e- even watching this morning, trying to tell myself now, remember, this is a moment of failure for Luke. <laughs> it's I- it's hard. It's hard because it's so great. Yeah, it's an absolute failure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think probably um, where my head was at as a kid, right, mm-hmm. when I was uh, speculating uh, incorrectly, <laughs> mm-hmm. not quite understanding and wanting it to be uh, this huge Luke victory moment. Uh, you know, I, I, this is the moment where after Luke screamed, no, and, and, and great shot, you know, uh, charging out with that lightsaber in front of him. Like, I wanted this long, epic, multifaceted fight, right? And I think that's sometimes we're like, well, it could, the lightsaber fight could be bigger. Mm. Watching it this morning and, and watching it as, as just part of the, you know, the lightsaber fight as part of the emotional story. Man, that, this is, to me, maybe some of the best filmmaking in Return of the Jedi. Mm. the tracking shot right yeah where you're you're behind the stairs you're not all up in the fight and it's almost more like you're watching it from a distance because you're watching a tragedy Mm -hmm. because you're watching like you know an opera play out on a stage and obviously the the chorus music Mm. absolutely adds to that and the fact that this is where any finesse is gone right those are the huge sweeping i luke's just i'm gonna I'm going to batter your defenses to nothing. I am going to make you wheeze, old man. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the the power of that and that little bit of distance and the tracking shot kind of lets us feel the tragedy ahead of time. It's that moment where Star Wars always has that tension between like, hey, we want you to enjoy the cool lightsaber fights and action adventure because it's, it's a fun, thrilling story and we always want to have action. It's fun. But then there's that part of us. But then, but we're always leading towards, it's often a tragedy when a fight has to happen. Mm-hmm. And by literally pulling away and sort of not glorifying it, it, it helps support that. Like, mm-hmm. this is cool. It is fun to watch. It is a failure. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't, it's not a trick they're playing, but they are setting you up to, you know, you're, especially in the 80s. Again, we go to this, this is the 80s. Uh, you know, you strap on your big gun and your muscles and your hero. The music swelling, it's building this crescendo. You, you are, you're like, you're pumped. Yes, defend. No, Leia must survive. You can't. Luke's the hero, and 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 it, and it leads you to the the true moment of, of heroism for Luke. But you know, it, it, it so it's not a trick. 
It's not a, uh, we're going to, we're going to poke at your expectations. It's just going, yeah, this is what you might think. Cause this is what Luke thinks at this moment. Yeah. And until he has his realization. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, one thing I also uh, want to be sure to shout out, uh, is the delivery of sister. Um, yeah. Everything yeah. about that scene, the revelation of it, but that is another, ju- the, the, just the emphasis put on sister mm-hmm. such a great line delivery and is one of the moments that made me really start celebrating the prequels or many many moments mm. in that journey from the first time i saw the film and films and, and like part of them but this was the part where, for me where it's just like okay is a star wars fan uh i don't i don't care about a lot of those criticisms <laughs> mm. i don't care how many people have decided that the the prequels are bad it is a fact stamp it gavel it it's done when I really kind of felt on an emotional level of like, oh, I've always got what's happening here is, you know, uh, Vader wants him to fight. He's threatening mm-hmm. the people he cares about. I get it. Knowing that Vader knows beyond a shadow of a doubt at this point in his life, this is how Palpatine broke me. It was mm-hmm. a longer game, uh, but that's how I'll break him. And it's a fast, brutal version He's doing to his son a fast, brutal version of what was done to him, right? Mm-hmm. It's, he's trading Leia for Padme. Mm-hmm. I'm nodding. I'm nodding. Yeah. And and it's, uh, yeah, obviously at that time, James Earl Jones doesn't know those films are coming, but there is a history there. there Lucas has a lot of that there, and I'm sure some of it went into the read and, and sister, uh, the way the draw, the, the way it's drawn out, everything about it. It's, it's really powerful. Yeah. Absolutely powerful. Any moments, uh, other moments that you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about Luke's ultimate victory, about Vader's choice in, in your mind? Is that part of the lightsaber fight or, it, yeah, or not? No, it, it, How it, pedantic it, do we want to be? Well, it is because there's one moment um, in the in the lightning you're talking about. Look, it's part of, look, you and I could quote, we could spend hours on the Palpatine quotes all day. For, I mean, yeah. it's just, even this morning, I, Grace thinks I'm crazy. I'm, I'm down the hall going, you know, quoting just you know, like I'm doing a sing-along with Palpatine. Just, Use your aggressive feelings, uh, boy. That will come, and uh, we can do that all day. But I've got, it's one of my favorite, just painful moments. The, the Luke's lightning teeth. Yeah. <laughs> you have to talk about the lightning teeth. Uh, because cause he throws down the blade, and it's painful. This, and this is what it ends to. And so be it Jedi is such a strong, you know, evil follow-up to uh, I am a Jedi like my father before me. And, and... Uh, there's just something from then till now, seeing the lightning hit him is one thing. To see it go on his teeth, it's just everything about it. And I'm just wondering if Vader's like, oh, not the teeth. I've got to take some action. Here. It just, it just <laughs> always has been one of my favorite little Star Wars moments. Oh, that, yeah. I mean, that is, it's, it's, this battle is the power of the teeth, right? Yes. You see the Palpatine's rotted teeth, <laughs> so be it Jedi, right? And is that what Vader is looking back and forth to, of like, do I want my son to have yeah. that kind of uh, Sith dental history? Uh, do yeah. I want him to rot from the inside out? I mean, do I want him to die or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you know, the, the, the poetry with Revenge of the Sith is is strong, man. It's absolutely strong. And yeah, you know what? I Do I need a no from Vader? I, you know, no, I don't. But it, it's there. And what are you going to do? Uh, it, it's so, because it's that moment, it's just so much more than that. But yeah, absolutely. I don't want my son's face melted off by this monster. Enough's enough. I'm quitting my job. Yeah, I, I think since we talked a little bit about Vader's motivation, I do just want to touch briefly on on Vader's choice and the no. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we love Luke's choice. It is one of the defining moments of Star Wars. We, we've yeah. talked about it a lot. The, com- the, com- the total recognition of I don't want to become somebody who is just trapped in this uh, cycle 
of violence and the great victory of throwing down the blade and recognizing that that is what makes him uh, a Jedi. Great line. Love the head nod to his father. <laughs> yeah. A Jedi, uh, like a Jedi, like my father before me. Uh, but then, you know, Vader making that choice, I, I really do feel like he has resigned, right? Like this is turning out one of the, the ways he thought it would, right? Either there, Luke's going to break and he'll probably die. He Vader will die or, or Luke won't break and, and he'll die. Right. And there's something in that moment, maybe the teeth that finally lets Vader say, I can make a different choice. I, the, uh, this turns out this prison uh, is actually, I've assumed it's locked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what if I push on the door? What if I make a, a different choice? Mm-hmm. Um, for you, as we were analyzing this fight, wh- what do you think is the key thing that makes Vader finally go, I don't have to be in this prison. I made this prison. I can step out of it. it it's, it's very hard to discuss this right now and not mention the show we just watched. It's very hard. And this is a moment we could discuss without Kenobi, uh, the series, because we've lived with this moment for so long. So I think it's all there. It all connects to it. But just this idea, the condition of victory talk that we are having a lot, a lot around here is very important because of what Kenobi says to him in that flashback training sequence. You're always looking for to win, destroy, no mercy, none of that. And Vader, it's motivated first as a Jedi, then as a, as a dark side agent. It is all and eventually becomes about power to, to heal the wounds that he feels, you know, that's how you do it. You just shove that power into that wound and it gets better. It's it, that is the, that is the first time he gives up what Kenobi's talking about in that flashback. Right. It's, it's mm-hmm. the condition of victory changes and it's no longer about me winning. It is this sacrifice to save him, and, and that's the big change. And that's, again, been present in the story from 1983 on. But now it just has a little extra energy to me of him in that moment. I'm not saying he's flashing back to what Kenobi said or flashing back to his life, but just knowing, like you said, I can f- finally make a decision that is no longer about me. It is about someone else, and that's what I'm going to mm-hmm. take. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's absolutely powerful, uh, that great Star Wars uh, poetry of Anakin fell because he made a selfish choice about somebody he cared about. It wasn't about saving Padme, it was about saving himself from the pain of losing Padme. And here is somebody else he, he loves, not in theoretical danger in the future, but right there in front of him going to die for sure yeah. and it isn't about how will I live my life if he dies, it is he should go on. There's no reason he needs to die. It is a self, it's a selfish choice instead of a selfish choice. Mm-hmm. But I also just think in, in terms of how did he get to that, right? Like uh, we had a great question about this a while back about how much does Luke's mercy play into Vader's um, choice here? And I, I think for me, there is a real power in learning from the next generation, right? Mm-hmm. Vader has sold himself this lie that, Palpatine and the dark side believes that the Jedi are just lying. They're all, they're just as much about anger and, and vengeance, but you know, they dress it up and they expose themselves to weakness because they claim they care about people. The truth is we're all selfish deep down. Come on. Yeah. Um, and he's seen people refute that. He's, he saw Kenobi refute that right. By, yeah. by walking away. Right. Mm-hmm. He's seen people refute that again and again, but he doesn't let himself admit it. And he is the, the beneficiary of, of Luke's mercy uh, this time around. And I think it's just that he, he stops lying to himself. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, how strong did my son have to be to not cut me down after everything I've done to him? Mm. 
my son was that strong and I'm going to stand here doing nothing. I really feel like it's like <laughs> the, the son has shamed the father into making the better choice, you know? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Inspired him, spurned yeah. him on. Yes. I yeah. Agree. I agree. In, uh, controversially, I, I've changed my mind. I, I'm all about the no. Uh, maybe yeah. maybe maybe people will rage quit uh, the podcast. I respect the different opinion. Obviously, it worked in 1983. It's worked Damn. ever since 1983. But I think it's maybe because I have shifted, and this used to be Luke's story, and Vader was a player in it. And now when I watch it, it's Vader's story too. And there's, I, I talked about this in a Star Wars counseling episode. Um, mm -hmm. Lucas goes and he makes his changes again and again, and uh, they're often... Uh, dubious yeah. <laughs> or at least a, a point of discussion contention among fans there's something about like this is one of the last changes he made along with mcclunky mm -hmm. before he handed it off mm -hmm. and there's something about like it's it's almost like george's voice or just like i don't care what anybody thinks <laughs> yeah. i want to give voice to vader uh, in these six films you tie them all together it's anakin's story uh, as well as other characters. And I'm giving voice to Anakin. I'm giving him his voice back. And oh, that's the way it feels to me when I watch it. I, yeah. I, when I, yeah. For me, the no goes in that category where I'm like, if it was never there, I wouldn't have asked for it, uh, which I know that's a lot of the argument. I did. Uh, we didn't ask for these changes, George, but to, to engage with why it's there. And then to, yeah, to tie it to, because again, the no one revenge of the Sith is challenging for a lot of people. Right. Um, um, so it ha I think it, it, ha it has its own poetry of challenges, challenge poetry. Um, <laughs> it really is. And I, I, I just engage with it differently now. So I, I am with you. I, I, I like it. I, I don't, I don't go, you know, I probably had some snarky MySpace posts about it or something or Facebook posts back then. Um, but even then I don't think so. It, 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 it's, it's not a, it's, it's not a problem for me. Again, when I say if it's not there, I don't miss it. It doesn't, it's not cynical. It's just, you wouldn't have known. You wouldn't have known. Yeah, no. But it's no, there I, and it's part of the story and with great purpose. No, and I agree. It, it, it has worked ever since 1983. It didn't need it, um, but I, I'm finding power in it. And if nothing else, I, I do like the sort of uh, the rebel in flannel. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I understand you didn't like this one Darth Vader. No, I'm adding another. <laughs> We're doing it again. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, our lightsaber rating. So out of 10 lightsabers fully ignited, <laughs> oh, where does this fight uh, rate for you? Like a stubborn Sith refusing to change. I'm going to rank this one 9.5 because the <laughs> 0.5 extra is for the dressed in all black motif from everyone there. Uh, and uh, the, the, the 0.5 uh, deduction from the perfect 10 has to do with that uh, leap and some of the action reading a little different uh, than it did back in 83, but I still love it with all my heart. Uh, I think that's very good. I'm giving it 8.5 out of 10. Um, I think in terms of like an emotional battle, it's a 25 million out of 10. It, yeah. it is absolutely great. Uh, I do think it's just a little lower on the sort of uh, the thrill end and, and the that's cool. And I think the, um, the little bit of like the scale and the scope and the way it's filmed, it, it feels like uh, emotionally it's just as big, if not much bigger than Empire Strikes Back. But in terms of just sheer thrill, the actual lightsaber fighting is not as as thrilling to me as Empire Strikes Back. So yeah. 8.5 out of 10 for me. Any final thoughts for right now? I mean, there you go, listeners. The biggest rift 
in four center at <laughs> one point difference on the final fight. No, I really uh, love everything you're saying there. Uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, this is uh, this this was uh, this particular episode was uh, you know 40 years in the making for me. So thrilled to do. Absolutely, it. this was really fun to re-examine uh, these fights that have lived in my soul for a long time. My my only final thought, uh, rewatching both of these fights this morning before we recorded, uh, I've always enjoyed how much uh, Vader mentions Obi Wan from the perspective of, oh, he doesn't know uh, Yoda's around. He thinks Obi Wan has taught Luke a lot more. After the Obi Wan show, it's really funny to watch. It's just like you cannot keep that man's name out of your mouth. Let him go. Can can I just say this? And I, I, I mean, I'm going to say it. You can't. St- I guess you could tell me to edit it out later, Joseph. I, I don't mean <laughs> no. to be snarky. I, I see one of the complaints of Kenobi being it doesn't add anything new to the story. So I don't know. Maybe y'all right. Maybe all the people that tweet that are right. I've loved this fight since I was seven, forty six now. I watched it this morning on the day of our recording this episode. And I have, again, I keep saying new energy, but I have new thoughts in my head. I have new things that I look at and go, that might be what's in Vader's brain. So is it new in terms of a new setting, a new planet, new story, new canon, the characters doing something different? I guess that's a fair complaint. I really understand that. But for me, seeing a little bit more of the story expand and get to a little bit more explanation and doing for the, even the little things like you're saying there of you are, you're not even done with Kenobi here. Uh, you're still saying his name. I, I love all that. And I, I'm really thankful for the series uh, doing that to these classic films I've lived with my whole life. Yeah, no, I agree. I'll, I'll, I'll try a non food based analogy here on force center. Uh, apologies. <laughs> um, but it's almost like, you know, the, the individual stories are like, paintings in a gallery and you can stare at them and they're beautiful by themselves but you put them right next to another painting and the rhythms and the energy and the lines in those other paintings and the other painting kind of starts to talk to to each Mm. other and that's the feeling that i'm having of like i can get myself back to the mindset i you know had for decades and these films are a triumph by themselves they don't need uh, Mm -hmm. anything else but it's wonderful that they that you can see new energy and new lines and new moments uh, with this new context of the additional storytelling. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Excellent. Final for me. Uh, my final thought as well. So we will return very soon to discuss the lightsaber fights of the Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. That is going to be very fun to get into those. Ken, do you want to let people know where they can find us? Yeah, we're the Force Center Podcast feed. We're on Twitter, Force Center Pod. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. You can find us on ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you're on there and you can rate and review and you want to, uh, we'd appreciate it if you do that. helps the show. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. From there, you can get into our Discord and have a wonderful conversation with Force Center friends about Star Wars and more uh, in the Discord there. You can follow me at Cadnapsock. Go to my website, Cadnapsock.com. July 21st, San Diego Comic-Con. I will not be at the convention, but I'll be up the street right there in the Gaslamp District at the American Comedy uh, Company uh, Thursday night on the Mark Ellison Friends Comedy Show. So if you're out there, come on out, get some tickets, let's, uh, have some fun, some laughs. Uh, Joseph, what about you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can find all of my other comedy adventures on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. Lots of links there to all the stuff I've done in the past and the things I'll be doing in the future soon. But for now, this is it uh, for myself, for Ken, for Lightsabers. This has been Force Center. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.